Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Hourly to Exit podcast. I wanted to share with you a LinkedIn Live that I did in March. And although I did not intend to use it as a podcast episode at the time I went live, uh, I was very pleased with the questions and the topics that were covered. So I wanted to share it with you here. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks. Hello, ladies. Welcome to the Hourly to Exit podcast. I'm your host, Erin Austin. My goal with every episode is to share information and resources to help you achieve the next level of growth in your expertise-based business. We all know generating income from our expertise is pretty easy. The challenge is in scaling and building a business that can run without you. Join me here every week to make sure you are building an asset that can be used to fund your goals and your legacy. Before we get started though, one little disclaimer, because I'm a lawyer. The information I share on the podcast is general in nature and is provided for information purposes only. It is not to be relied upon nor construed as providing legal advice or legal opinions about any specific issue or set of facts. Now, here we go. so much for joining me today. So uh, today we are here to talk about licensing your expertise. First, I will just briefly introduce myself. Uh, I am Erin Austin. I am a lawyer and consultant, and I am the founder of Think Beyond IP. And I created Think Beyond IP to work with female founders of expertise-based businesses to help them create saleable assets so that the business is ready to sell when the founder is ready to exit. So we are going to talk about the specific benefits of licensing to your business. But first, I would like to talk about where they fit into the context of creating a saleable services business. So if you want to create a business that we can sell someday, we have to make sure that the business is saleable. And so there are a couple of key elements to creating a business that can be sold. And those are exclusivity and predictability. And so exclusivity means that you have assets that you own 100%. Uh, as well as you have positioning that you have your unique position in the market. So that's your exclusivity piece. The other piece is your predictability. So we're talking about selling a business. The buyer has to be confident that the business will continue to prosper in its hands in the same way that it has prospered in your hands. So they want to know that, you know, if you show those uh Uh, revenue projections that they can predictably kind of understand that, yes, these are good projections. They want to know that the business can scale. Uh, You know, people buy businesses for the future of the business, not for the past of the business. They want to make sure that that business will continue to grow. And they also want to make sure that the business can operate without you. I mean, unless you want to go with a buyer and have a, a job with a buyer, then if you're going to be exiting the business, then the business has to run without you. So exclusivity and predictability are important for creating a a saleable business. 
So where licensing fits in is that it hits all of those markers of exclusivity and predictability, creating assets, strengthening your positioning, and creating predictable revenue. And so how does it do that? The transformation of licensing is that it transforms you from an expert-driven business, meaning Aaron or Erica, whoever, like we're the expert of our business, to a business that is driven by our expertise that can be delivered by other people other than ourselves. And so uh, that is how we decouple our uh, revenue from our time and create leverage in our business. So if you have a, uh, a program or a service or a training that can be delivered by a third party, then that is one that could uh, be potential for licensing. Now, most service-based businesses do have this potential. Like there may be some expert-driven businesses that really depend upon the expert and it would be very difficult, if not impossible, to train third parties to, to deliver the same service. Uh, I'm thinking of a, a woman in one of my masterminds who uses her intuition to work with businesses to help them kind of find their authentic selves and their authentic voice. And I think that would be a little bit difficult to train other people to do. But for most of us, um, we would be able to train other people to do what we do. So what is licensing? So a license is a grant of rights to from the creator of an intellectual property asset to the user of that asset. So in our case, the licensor is the individual or organization who creates the asset, which in our case might be a product by service or training or methodology, and we license it to the licensee. And so we grant rights to the licensee to use our product service or methodology. So that is a license, that transfer of intellectual property rights through a written agreement that contains you know, strict terms and conditions, um, payment obligations, things like that. That is your license. So what are the benefits of a licensing program? Uh, we talked about the general benefits to creating a saleable business by creating that asset that you own. The other benefits are positive cash flow. You know, when we're a service-based business, often we are paid in arrears. So we provide the service first, maybe we get an upfront payment, but certainly if we're billing by the hour or billing by the day, a lot of times we're getting paid in arrears. So when you have a licensing program, you have that positive cash flow. You're getting paid your license fees up front. Uh, the other thing is you create that recurring revenue. License fees are something that are paid periodically, annually or monthly, depending on the nature of the license. And so when we go back to our predictability, you know, having recurring revenue is a very good indicator of the predictability of the revenue in your business, as opposed to say, you know, project by project revenue, which can be spotty. So it has the benefit of recurring revenue. The other is that you can 
expand without hiring, you know, more experts. You know, if you're an expert driven business, then you need more experts to continue to grow. And so when you use licensees who are kind of outside experts, then you can grow without kind of having to create more staffing inside in-house uh, with those experts. And also in the event that um, you have a service that requires you know, in-person delivery, you can expand without having to change your location from where you do your work. And then because you are using those licensees with their license fees to grow, you can grow much more quickly than you could if you're doing it with in-house experts. Let's say you brought on 10 licensees how much simpler that is and more quickly you can do that once you get your licensing program in place than trying to onboard 10 new experts internally. So uh, benefits of licensing. Hey everyone, a quick word from our sponsor, Think Beyond IP. Think Beyond IP helps your professional services firm build the essential legal and strategic foundation required to confidently scale your business by developing, protecting, and leveraging intellectual property assets. You can find us at thinkbeyondip.com. Now, back to the show. And then, so let's talk about whether or not licensing is right for your business. So these are some essential elements and they're essential because you really do need each of these in order to create a successful licensing program. And you'll want to have these in place before you um, pursue it. So one, you need to have a unique offering, you know, productized service methodology. There has to be something that would cause a third party to license and pay license fees to you instead of just developing it themselves. So if it's something fairly generic, like um, you do branding services, but you just kind of, you know, talk to people and, you know, whip out, you know, some of your ideas, like that may not be that unique that they can't, like, I, I, can, I can do that too. I'm kind of creative. I can do that too. So you need to make sure you have something unique that would encourage someone to want to pay you for your methodology the way that you do it. Also, you need to have a successful track record. They have to know that what you do is successful. So you show that through sales history and through client testimonials. So if I'm going to license your methodology, I want to know that it's effective and that clients are happy with it. There has to be market demand. Uh, a very good indicator whether or not there's market demand is do you have a waiting list? So if you have clients that you want to serve, but you can't because there's only so much of you to go around or so much of your team. So then you have to think about how am I going to meet that demand? You could do it by growing internally, or you can meet it by creating a network of licensees. And then of course, it has to be documented. Um, you have to have your standards and procedures documented and systematized. Uh, that's how licensees will be able to learn your methodology or how to deliver your service and how they can get predictable results by using your methods and your standards and procedures. Licensees, you know, because they are paying that license fee up front, 
They will want to know that they can get some return on their investment relatively quickly. You know, how quickly that happens will depend on the nature of the uh, service. Um, so if it's something relatively simple, like someone, let's say they're a graphic design firm and they want to add website development to their offerings, you know, they probably have the pieces to get up and running very quickly. Um, if it's something that's more complicated, that requires kind of more advanced skills, then uh, it might take a little bit longer to get up and running. But they will want to know that it's not the equivalent of, you know, going, you know, getting a new degree in order to be able to use your methodology and, and get up and running and see some return on their investment. And then, of course, there has to be some credibility. You need to have high credibility and you'll show that through your expert positioning in the marketplace because one, it will help you sell your methodology to potential licensees if you have that expert positioning and they know that they'll be able to borrow that expert positioning when they are in turn selling the service to their clients. So types of licensing programs. Uh, there's the train, the trainer, I call it the train in-house trainers just to make the distinction here. So when you train your in-house trainers, if your current clients, you go to them and you provide training to them. And instead of you going on site to do that training, you would train their, someone who's in-house to the client. And so instead of your client being your client, they would become your licensee. So you would go there, you would train their in-house people, you would support them, you would provide the materials, and then your client becomes your licensee, paying you a license fee for permitting their in-house trainers to provide your training directly to their employees. And another way to proceed is training independent providers. So these are people who have their own clients, and so they'll be adding your service, productized service methodology to the services that they provide to their clients. And so we have the basic license, which we talked about earlier, where you are granting the rights to that licensee to use your methodology uh, to deliver that service to their clients. And then the next level up from that would be a certification where it includes the license, but you also have some sort of process for them showing that they have mastered the concepts and the ability to deliver your methodology appropriately. And that might be done just on the front end, maybe at the beginning of uh, the license period, they would go through some sort of training period that they have to prove you know, that they understand the concepts, or it could be something that happens on an ongoing basis through continuing you know, education or continuing to participate in um, ongoing training. So those are the most popular types of licenses. A license, you know, is a creature of contract and therefore it can, you know, be anything and all things, um, depending on the nature of the services, the nature of the licensees. And so, but, but these are some of the most common ones and the easiest to document. So certification versus license. Uh, I have, you know, done a couple of posts about this, so I'll just say just really briefly that you may want to go closer to the license side when, you know, the end client is somewhat sophisticated buyer, you know, like large corporations and these services like a productized service, something that's highly systematized and more towards the certification program 
when the service is a little bit difficult to systematize, requires some advanced skills, and that where the end client was really relying on that certification in order to judge the quality of the service. And uh, so, you know, whether or not to include a trademark in the license, well, that really depends. Um, the thing about including a trademark with a license is you don't want to have an accidental franchise. And an accidental franchise happens when you think you're just doing a license or more likely a certification, because certification usually has some parameters around how you deliver that service. And when you combine a trademark with a license, with some measure of control, then you slip into franchise territory. And so depending on the nature of the license, you may or may not want to include that trademark. And the risk of slipping into the accidental franchise is if there is you know, a great deal of control about how your licensees use the materials. And the other is if uh, the majority of your income is going to come from that license. So if, for instance, I, I use a, a restaurant analogy. So if you have a restaurant and your service is just one menu item, then that's on the license side. But if your uh, service that in your license is like the restaurant, like McDonald's, that's a franchise. And so it doesn't have to be extreme as McDonald's, but let's go to say you have a special way of providing you know, a website in a day. And that's the nature of your license, that you're licensing to licensees your methodology for doing a website in a day. And so someone just creates an entire business around website, your website in a day methodology. That starts to look a lot like a franchise as opposed to, say, you know, the graphic design business who just adds your website in a day methodology as just one of many services that they provide to their clients. So the trademark is the issue there. So it really is a case-by-case -case basis whether or not you want to um, permit, include a trademark in your license. So as you can tell, you know, when you license your methodology, your product-based services to third parties, you are creating competitors. And so you're probably wondering, you know, how do I protect my intellectual property from my competitors that I've just kind of handed that to them on a platter? And so what, you know, first of all, like we, we do it through intellectual property protections. It is your intellectual property and there are both statutory uh, protections under intellectual property laws. And you also have your contractual protections through your license agreement. So one when we're service providers, typically our intellectual property are materials that are protected under copyright. We talked about trademark a little bit, so I just want to focus on your copyright protection. And so that all those, your written materials, if you have videos, um, you know, maybe there's some sort of, um, you know, even maybe some software that you're allowing them to access. And so the, the, the subjects of your license you will want that intellectual property to be registered with the copyright office. So you have copyright registration. The other is you will have a license agreement that is prepared by a professional. Um, and that would have your restrictive covenants in there. That means there'd be like no use provisions, confidentiality provisions, non-compete provisions in that contract. 
And then finally, you want to have really careful selection of your licensees. You know, that's not licensees are not a free for all. You want to have some sort of formal process of evaluating your licensees and, and making sure that's a really good fit. And you want them to succeed. I mean, obviously, the more success your licensees have, the more value your licensing program will have. Erica mentions the accidental franchise. Yes, it is something that people get in trouble with. And the way they get in trouble, if you're not familiar with franchises, they're very highly regulated. So every single state has its own franchise law. They're all just a little bit different. You need to like, there's complicated registration requirements. And, uh, and then once you have a franchise, the, the, the idea behind the franchise laws is to protect people who make an investment in your intellectual property through buying a franchise and then your ability to take that franchise away. And so if you, um, you know, have a licensing program and something goes wrong with the licensee and you need to stop that, you know, take away that licensee's license and they have made, you know, they create a whole business around it in the website in a day example, and you take that away, then if that is really a franchise and they have remedies against you because you haven't followed the franchise rules in granting them that license um, to create the website in a day. So, so yeah, so it is, I mean, everybody loves their trademarks. I mean, trademarks are having, are having a day um, and we want to build brands. And so we think brands need to have trademark. And then if we're going to have a licensing program, of course, we're going to include that trademark in the licensing program, but there then you really do need to look at, at you know, how they're going to be used by licensees before you go there. Annie says, tips and recommendations for structuring compensation for licensees. Yeah, well, I mean, it depends on the nature of what you, what the service is. So let's say you're a trainer currently and you, it could very much mirror the way that you charge your current clients. So let's say you provide trainings that are by the day then you can also, um, you know, take an estimated uh, revenue that you would get from using uh, your license and have some percentage of that as part of your annual license fee. Maybe you charge by the head uh, to your, your, your clients. So your license may be by the head. Let's say you, you do that train, the in-house trainer model. Then it makes a lot of sense for you to also charge your client who's now your licensee by the head um, if you have a productized service. So typically productized service has a flat fee. If it's productized service has a flat fee and you have some projections about like, you know, what percentage of that flat fee they're getting from that productized service that they would pay, pay to you. And you would estimate that out. And some percentage of that would be your, your annual license fee. Um, and so it, uh, unfortunately, you know, it depends on the nature of is it a train the trainer or is it training the um, the uh, freelance provider? And also, if you have a certification program, you'll probably see a kind of an upfront cost. So that upfront cost will include the training and certification process. And then after that certification process, you would have an ongoing license fee for that. Do you need a minimum annual revenue to branch out into licensing? 
Well, I don't know that you need, I mean, I think that it, that if you meet those um, requirements that you will probably by nature have a minimum. You know, if you have something where you have demand that you can't, you know, serve all those clients because they're waiting for you. If you have gotten to the point where you have, you know, a, a strong market positioning that you're considered the expert, if you have that sales record um, and uh, and that you have, um, you know, you're documented your procedures that, you know, it's, it's, you probably are running a fairly successful business that is uh, at the higher end for your market, you know, so depending on, again, depending on the nature of your, of your revenue, but you're going to need to have that thing where people are going to come to you. So there's going to have to be some expert positioning there in place. So I would put it more there. I think that would just by nature drive a kind of a certain number based depending on your industry. Erica asks, can you control what your licensees charge their clients or does that veer into franchise territory? And so it does, like once you start controlling how people deliver your service, it, it, it veers into franchise territory. You would want to suggest something. Again, like if they want to get the benefit of your expert positioning, here's one thing. Your license fee will kind of provide a minimum, right? Because they have to get a, a, receive a profit off of that. And also, if they want to benefit from your expert positioning, then they have to position themselves as a high quality service. If you find that they aren't a good fit because the way that they're delivering the service at the price point you know, they're not able to deliver quality service because, you know, they're, they're underpricing their service. Um, that would be a reason not to renew their license. But certainly you'd want to suggest a license fee. And, uh, and that would be part of your, uh, of your vetting of your licensees as well. You shouldn't be, you know, entering license agreements with people who you feel would kind of bargain basement the service. Okay, Erica, so as part of your licensing certification program, do you also teach your licensees how to position themselves, sell the service, and price the service? You can do that. That's a lot to do, um, but certainly people will have, let's say they'll have a, a website that, um, you know, but that will say, like, these are the people who've been trained by me. Like, so you might have a place where people can go and look for who's been, like, if you use Salesforce or something, or, or click up. Um, you might have like who are the certified people who've been certified to provide training in this. Um, and you might have a, a, a place where people can come and do that so you can help them with that. You know, when you have a joint marketing plan, like you have a, a unified um, uh, social media, a unified email newsletter that everybody uses, um, that is one of those things that can slip you into franchise territory if there's a trademark associated with it. Just remember that the franchise requires a trademark too. So if there's not a trademark going with it, then you can do these things. Uh, you can do, you're, you're free to do those things. Um, but that is a, a different thing than licensing your expertise, unless your expertise is in, you know, positioning and selling the service. Um, uh, but so if you're licensing your expertise and that should be kind of, you know, that zone of genius stuff is what you're licensing. But yes, you can do that.
you can do that if that's what you like to do. I mean, you want, you definitely want to have licensees that are successful. And so having a community for the, where they can talk to each other and support each other is certainly very helpful. You know, having, you know, interacting with them, you want to have them feel like they're part of something. Um, you know, so maybe you have, you know, Slack channel or, or a Facebook group or something where they can come together um, and that you would answer questions. You definitely want to provide support. That's for sure. All right. Well, it has been wonderful to be here. I uh, just want to remind you that you can always find me on LinkedIn or come on over to thinkbeyondip.com where we have lots of freebies that talk about this and other resources. Thanks for listening. Do not forget to check out the show notes for links to connect with today's guest and for the resources, offers, and organizations that we discussed. You can also find the links at hourlytoexit.com backslash podcast. If you got value from this episode, please subscribe, and I'd be so grateful for a review. I'm here to support your journey.